before I forget, I brought some of my sermons. I think I have some of them, bro. If you can help me gather them and just give it out. I don't want you to forget it. It's going to be very important for you to take a copy of that and it will refresh your mind after this sermon. It's part of the, it's the same thing that I'm going to talk about today and it's useful. It's about the rapture. The sermon is called Rapturing Faith. It's on the table there, yes. Just give it out to the adults. One copy each. You can take a copy each. The Rapturing Faith, part 7. This has been written since the 90s. But it has to do with what are the criteria for going in the rapture. How many know about the rapture? How many wants to go in the rapture with the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? So listen to this message. very important because it is one of the most, one of the necessary things that we need to to our characters that we need to have to go in the rapture and it's going to be called humility amen, amen. humility amen you say well is that necessary with the rapture is the most important thing to go in the rapture we have always talked about pride pride way before destruction and so on but the lord said today I should not talk about pride, I should talk about humility. He said, by, by humility is honor. He said, pride goes before the throne, but before honor is humility. So we're going to go through the scriptures and talk about how the Lord honor those who are humble. That is what this topic is about. Rather than talking about how those who are proud are brought down. I talk about how those who are humble are honored. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's why I bring that sermon because you need to know that humility is essential to go in the rapture. Why? Oh, we all know that going in the rapture is going with the Lord. No, so it's coming to take you. You are going to ride with Him. Riding with Him. If you look at the Bible, it says Enoch, one of the predecessors, he said Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So to walk with Him, you must be a body. No, his body is best body. And what you need to be is better body. The Bible says that I am the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity. But I dwell with those who are lowly and humble and contrite in heart. So you want him to dwell with you, to be a best body with you, to ride, to walk with him, you better be lowly and humble. Those are the people you walk with. That is why humility is the most, in fact, one of the most important thing to go in the rapture, to go with him. Amen. So that's why we're going to go through the scriptures and see those who are humble, how God elevated them by seeing examples in the Bible. Amen? And uh, I'm going to go, first of all, let me tell you two things about humility. There is two things I'm going to talk about today, two areas I'm going to cover today. The first one is those who humble themselves, that is personally, individually humbling themselves, and God elevated them. That is what we all think about. Now I'm also going to talk about, that is the first part, and then I'll talk about, if I have time, I'll talk about those whom the Lord humbled. I mean, they were really high, but part of their preparation, part of how to get to where God wants them to be, God will bring them low to see how they react. That is very important, because that is how he is preparing his sins. Amen? That is how he is making his people ready. 
He is going to bring you into that humiliating part and see how you respond. Some people call it love test. To see whether you, and I will give you those examples in the Bible that you can see. Example, even the Lord Jesus Christ, great. They bring him to and say, let's see how you respond. And you have to have that attitude, the right attitude for you to respond right, to be qualified to go with him. That is those whom the Lord especially make them humble to see how they respond. And we're going to talk about those who normally, naturally, personally, voluntarily humble themselves. What do we call humble? What do you mean by humiliation? There's not humiliation. Humbling yourself is different from humiliation. Humiliation is when somebody brings you low to make you shameful. Humbling yourself is when you bow lower than your bodies, bow lower than your peers, that make people exalt you. So that is what we mean by humility. Let's start from the story of Abraham. Amen? Yeah. Genesis chapter 17, verse 23 and 24. Put it up for me. Genesis chapter 17, verse 23 and 24. In this story of Abraham, which many of us know, you will see what we call humility. That's what we are trying to see. What is humility? How do you humble yourself? Personally doing it yourself. Exercising humility. Abraham, in this story, the Bible said, Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house. This is after God manifested to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm having a covenant with you. And so, do the circumcision of yourself and everything in your household that is the covenant. Now, humbling himself before God is this one example. Humbling himself before God. And what did Abraham do? The Bible said that same night, he woke up the same morning, and Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self same day. You see, that's fearing God, no sir? That's fearing God. He didn't say, well... I'll do it next week. I'll do it next month. Gee, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. I'll do it after maybe like next year. Because if you postpone it, you don't know what will happen. The devil comes in and make you change your mind. So he did it the same same day. That is humble. God called that will you know humbling yourself when you hear the word of God and you tremble and you do it right away. God said that guy is humble before him. So that is the first example when you say what do you mean by humble? Let's look at another example of Abraham again. Genesis chapter 23 from verse 3. Genesis chapter 23 from verse 3. Now this is the story of when Abraham was now very old and his wife Sarah has passed away and died and Abraham came to mourn for his wife and now he wanted to have a burying place where he could be doing the burying of anything that anybody that died in his own household and where he also wanted to be buried when he died so he wanted to buy a portion of land verse 4 and Abraham stood up before his dead and spake unto the sons of heads verse 4 saying unto them I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. Give me a portion, a possession of a burying place with you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Now remember, Abraham has been living in that place for, who knows, from 75 to almost 
almost 50 years. He was still calling himself a stranger. So that is not the humility part. But he wanted to buy this portion of land. And of course, the next verse, verse 5. They wanted to give it to him for free. The children of Seth answered Abraham, saying of him. Next verse, verse 6. Eros, my lord, thou art a mighty prince among us. In the choice of our sepulchres, buried are there. None of us shall withhold from thee his sepulchre. Or that thou mayest bury thy dead. Next verse. And Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land. Now take note of that. Abraham was, this is somebody God has already promised that all this land, you see all these people? Don't worry, you are going to inherit everything. God has promised him he was going to inherit everything and your seed is going to inherit everything. But yeah, he was going to inherit them, but there are people in the land. And he was going to have to buy the land. Of God has probably warning if you God tell you are going to inherit something, how are you going to inherit it? Either you drive them out, or you buy from them, God give you the money, or you kill them, war. But he was going to buy. And it was not just buying, it was buying with grace. It was even bowing down. You're going to pay for this thing, you're even bowing down to them. You say, wow, what, in, what kind of humility is that? Take an example from this. If you are the seed of Abraham. So Abraham bowed himself to the people of the land, to the children of heaven. Next verse. So they were saying, we will give it to you. We don't need to, to worry about it. So he said, okay. Now this verse there, and he communed with them, saying, If it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me to Ephron, the son of Solomon. Now he has actually surveyed the land. He loved this section. He called this land. I like this place. There are some caves there. So he already marked the place where he wanted to buy. But he has not, no time, not ready to buy it yet until the first disaster occurred. His wife of many hundred years now, whatever, has passed away. She was 130 or something when she died. 130 years. So now Abraham wanted to buy. He already knew where he wanted to buy. So he said, Entreat to Ephron, the son of Hoa. So he knew he has already found out who owned that land. He says, Ephron, the son of Hoa. So he said, Please entreat for me that he should give me that place for any amount as it will cost. Next verse. He said, That he may give me the cave of Machpelah. Which he has, which is in the end of his field, for as much money as is his worth, he shall give it for me, for a possession of a burying place among you. Abraham was going to pay for this thing. But I'm just thinking of this humility, is what I'm talking about. How he was bowing down before these people just to. There's a proverb in our land that said, if you want to take a monkey, what you do? You should behave like a monkey. <laughs> I wonder about that. You want to take a monkey, you have to, be, you have to jump. As monkey jump from this tree to tree, you have to jump and then you'll be able to get a monkey. So Abraham was bowing down to them to buy the land. Very important. So that is all I wanted to point out in that story. And uh, I think it was verse 12. Go back to verse 11 and 12 of that. And you see after they went to buy the land and they said, this man said, nay, my Lord, in verse 11, hear me, the field I give it to thee, and the cave that is there, in, I give it thee in the presence of the sons of my people, give I it thee. Buy, bury thy dead. And Abraham bowed again. Amen? Abraham bowed down himself before the people of the land again. You don't you wonder why God put all of those things. They are not too much detail. 
not too much details. Why, why do we need to know about that? Maybe because you are going to hear about it today. Humility. Amen? Humility. He owns everything by promise of God. But he was still bowing down to the people that currently own it. So that there will be no confrontation. Amen? So that is one thing the Lord pointed me to say that humility is one of the things he is looking for in these people that are going to go with him. His friends. Another example, let's go now to another example. i just go through these few cases. We hear the story of Lot in the Bible, the, this, the, the, the cousin of Abraham. Lot, in the book of Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. We know that Lot had his own problem, but he was in the city called Sodom and Gomorrah. And God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And God sent two angels that came into the city like men. They just came like strangers. And Lord went and followed and bowed before them too. And you will say, maybe that's just their culture. Oh, it's just their culture. They always bow to people. Maybe. But I'm taking a lesson from this. I'm taking a lesson from this. Because you may say, well, culturally we just shake hands. Ah, how are you, my brother? I remember this just by the way. A little young boy was, maybe five-year-old, was uh, babysitted by my wife many years ago. And it's a little five-year-old boy. And he always asked me that, what's your name? Asking me. I say, just call me, uh, I can't remember, tell, call me daddy or I'm, I'm daddy, I'm the daddy of you. He say, what is his name? So I didn't tell him his name because, I, you know, in, in African culture, you don't tell little boy to be calling you by name, Julius. No, we don't do that in Africa. So, but because he say. It's a Caucasian, so I have to respect the father. I won't, I won't be able to be just babysitted by my wife, and then the mom will come out, pick, out, pick him up, take him up. So I said, well, call me daddy. Maybe he told uh, his mom, and, and they said, oh, well, you can be calling him daddy because you have your daddy here. <laughs> so next time he called, he started calling me Mr. Man. I said, well, that's good enough. <laughs> Each time we, we see this young boy, is now in the grade school. I always remember, that's Mr. Man, you call me Mr. Man. I said, that's good, you know, Mr. Man. <laughs> but see, that's part of what they are trying to say. Maybe it's their culture. You may say, well, Lord bowed to this angel. Maybe it's just their culture. Abraham bowed to this man. Maybe it's just their culture. But he got what he wanted. That's what we want to more point out. Maybe it's not your culture to bow low or to be humble. But humility is not just the bowing of the head. It is a heart condition. Amen heart condition so in Genesis chapter 19 verse 1 and 2 you saw Lot went down to meet these strangers and the Bible says he bowed to them can you just bow to strangers he, told, he invited them to his house and he said no 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 we are going to sleep in the streets and he appealed to them but that saved his life amen that saved his life you may say well God set him up for that but if he didn't approach them if he didn't bow down and compel them he most likely would not be saved but that saved his life God is pointing out humility. Amen? Amen. Now we've talked enough about some men. Let's talk about some women that showed humility. Amen? Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25. You say, well, what is so important about this, about humility, God is pointing something out for us. 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 23. You will see this story of this woman called Abigail. 
the wife of Nabal. In verse 23, David was running elter skelter from Saul. If you, I'm just giving you the background of the story. David was running here and there from Saul, hiding in the caves in the jungle with about 600 men that were soldiers with him. And there was this time that David decided that, well, he, this man, Nabal, who was a millionaire, calling him a millionaire, he has all these cattle and stocks and uh, servants, and they were all moving his, uh, his flock of sheep everywhere. And David was always helping those young men to protect their, their sheep in the, in the days and the wilderness. Now I heard that this man is throwing out a party for all his shepherds and so on. They said, well, maybe it's a good time. We can ask him to give us something. So he sent some men to go ask for food. You know? There's a party going on, so give us some food. I have about 600 people here that we need some food. And Nabal was not going to, was politically not in line with David because it was like a politics going on in their country. So just think about it, politics. Democrats against Republicans, kind of a thing. Some people sided with King Saul because of what they had. David was just a rebellious servant. So some sided with David. So, but Nabal was one of them that perhaps sided with King Saul. So when he heard that David was in the man wilderness wanting from food, he said, not me, not my food. And he bloody fooled them. And David was going to fight back. So that was where the story of this young woman was more like a, a, the wife of this man, maybe one of the wives, but youngest perhaps. So she heard that David had sent some soldiers to come and get food and Nabal yelled on them and looked like they are going to come and attack us because these are soldiers. You don't treat them, you say they are rebels. Well, they have guns, they have weapons. So Abigail was going to plead for her life and for Nabal. And that is what we are reading in this verse. When Abigail heard, she went and got all as much food and said, let's go, let's go, let's go meet them before they come and attack us. And when Abigail saw, and when she was going, she was going with the servant that have a donkey loaded with some bread and food and so on. And as she was going, just turned the corner, there, yeah, there, 600 soldiers coming to kill him. And she, when she saw David, she hasted and lighted up the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground. You say, well, that is what I'm pointing out, the humility that she showed in this example to save not only our life and also the life of all the neighbor and all the people. Verse 34. And, at, and I, she fell at, at David's feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, this iniquity be. And let thy handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thy audience and hear the words of thy handmaid. So she bowed down before David and pleaded and gave the food that she said, I didn't see your servant when they came. Here is some food. And she praised David because she politically agreed with David and whatever David was fighting for, while maybe her husband agreed with King Saul. That's why he bloody fooled him. Now, that is another example of humility. That bowing down before David is what I'm pointing out to you here. Let me give you one more story of another woman. The book of Esther, chapter 9. See, that is another humility. You are just. I'm just picking up some few cases of how human beings show humility. And then you can think about it, uh, maybe this is what you should do when situation calls for it. In the book of Esther, you know the story of Esther, she was the queen 
you know how she got to become a queen but i'm going to point to the situation after she was queen and there was a trouble between the jews and this man called haman that wanted to kill him and esther's called uncle mordecai sent word and said this is the edict against us they're going to kill all the jews that are in the land in one day and esther heard about it and said gee what can we do say well go and plead for us before the king Esther said well gee that's not allowed the lord doesn't allow us to go in there in the end in verse 25 let's read esther chapter 9 verse 25. Oh, let's read first chapter 4 first and tell this story chapter 4 of esther verse 16. verse 25 when you got the reward but i'm pointing out to when they humble themselves and then god rewarded them exalted them. but in chapter 4 verse 16 is the story where Esther had to declare and say where well, she was going to humble herself before God now she was humbling herself before God after Mordecai told her Esther you got to go in there and talk to her talk to the king for us if you don't go in and you think where well, I can go in now because you are you have to risk your life it's going to be you have to risk your life for us and she was ready to risk her life it's kind of humility because what does the Bible say about David said I humble my soul with fasting. So fasting is another way of humbling yourself. This is what she did. Now she was ready to, to sacrifice her life. And she said to Mordecai, she sent to Mordecai, said, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. Neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So that fasting is what I'm pointing out because she was humbling herself before God so that she can be exalted. So think of humility, it has to do with humbling yourself before God, humbling yourself before men, and God is watching that, and God is going to honor you. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12. There, the wisest man Solomon told us that before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And before honor also is humility. So think of that Bible verse, keep it in the back of your mind when it comes to humility. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20, 33 also said the same thing. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. Before honor is humility. So the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 4. So by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor. And like we kept talking about honor. You want the Lord. See it's an honor if you go in the rapture. Do you know that? If you go in the rapture, if you are one of them that qualify to go in the rapture, it's a, it's a special honor. So that's why you want to think about it, that humility is always talking about honor. God is to honor you if you show that you have that humility. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to now talk about some ways that God prepares his people. There are some cases in the Bible that God actually specifically strategized to bring some great men 
into an humble position and see how they respond, how they react. Because that most likely is what many of us may go through. And God is going to be watching how you react so that you can see whether to, it's time for your blessing. It's a lowly position. Putting, God himself putting the people in a lowly position to see how they respond and then God is going to exalt them in the end. The first story that comes to mind is the story of Joseph. You see, the Joseph in the Bible, he became a slave. It was like a like humbling position. He was the best person in the father's house with royal, what call it, a, a robe of many colors. Almost like his father promoting him above all the bigger brothers. That's a exalted position. But now, God put him in a lowly position by making him a slave for many years. That's humbling. And then from being a slave, he went to jail. Throw him in the jail and throw away the key. Because he was not sentenced for so many years. He was just sentenced into jail forever for the rest of his life. That was a humbling position. But God was going to be watching how you respond. When God orchestrates things like that, he will be, be looking at you to see how you respond to that humiliating, humbling position. Because he wants to exalt you, he wants to promote you. But how do you respond to that level? If you respond well, if you just accept it and just say, well, that's life, and you keep it, and you have a good attitude, God is going to quickly promote you in, in due time. Amen? Don't ever forget that. Another example is the story of Moses. Remember the story of Moses? He was brought up by the daughter of Pharaoh. That's like being brought up in, not just like, he was brought up in the palace. And according to history, that he was competing for the throne of Egypt. Well, let's not even talk about throne of Egypt, but he was living in the palace until the Lord had to drive him out of the palace into the wilderness. So he was humbled. Now he went to the wilderness for another 40 years and thinking everything is over as far as being a great person. He was just a common shepherd. But God was fixing to promote him. So during the wilderness situation, you must have a good attitude. You must keep following your Lord. You must keep talking to your God. You must have a good mindset as far as accepting your situation the way it is. And just follow the Lord. Just keep following him. And very soon God showed himself to Moses, called him to go and deliver his people. From somebody that ran away and became just nobody, a shepherd in the wilderness, God brought him back to come and lead his people. So remember, God sometimes brings people to a lowly position for his own purpose. He's fixing to promote you. Amen? But during that time, you need that good attitude. Let's look at the story of King David also. He was a shepherd boy, so you all know the story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 16. He was a shepherd boy. You can see where that was really lowly. Not so. It was really lowly, not that it was really great, it was lowly. To the point that when Saul or Samuel came to anoint somebody for the, to be the next king in his father's house, put it up, 1 Samuel chapter 16, let's read verse 10, 11 and 12. Samuel came to anoint, God has told Samuel that word, go to the house of Jesse and tell Jesse to bring all his children and I'm going to point somebody out to you, whomever a name unto you. In the one you are going to anoint to be king. And so Samuel the prophet came 
and call Jesse to this sacrifice, bring all your sons. Bring all your sons. You know what Jesse did? He brought all his young men and adults. And David was like, look, you stay out. You not like people like you. You know, you have sacrificed like maybe a young boy, ten year old. So you can stay in the field just taking care of the sheep. Let's bring the man. So Jesse brought all the men, he has about seven of them or so, putting David aside. That is showing a lowly position. But that lowly position, that is the one God was looking for. Amen. And God waited until all the boys, all the men lined up and one by one, Samuel said, this must be it, Lord. You know, God said, no, not nothing. Wow, this one is fat and big and no, nothing. All the seven passed. Samuel was getting frustrated. Is that all your sons? So, yeah, I still have one little boy. We'll bring him over. Let's, I'm not going to wait for him. So they went and called him and God said, that's him. That's his name, David. You have to be lowly for God to exalt you. Amen. You have to be lowly for God to exalt you. Sometimes God himself will bring you low to see how you respond. The story of Job came to mind. You have to remember that Job was great. He was naturally great. He was one of the richest in the East, according to the story. And God has to prove him and brought him low until he lost everything in a single day. You know the story? Go and read Job chapter 1, the old chapter. He lost everything and lost his health also. And that was not just for one day. Remember that. Many times we think of you as one day he lost everything and then the second day he was sick. The third day God brought him up. No. That could have lasted 15 years. That could have lasted 15 years. And that is what you should think about. But after all those trials, the Bible says he did not charge God foolishly. That was what God was looking for. That when he brought you to that lowly position to see how you are going to respond, are you responding right? Or you are going to be angry at God? Amen? Amen. Let's talk about the Messiah. The Lamb before his shearers. In the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 32, he described the, the, the status of the Messiah. God was fixing to make him the King of kings and Lord of lords. The King of the universe. But he has to be a Lamb. As prophesied by Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. Here he said, in, the, in this book, in the scripture, it was uh, in chapter 8, he said, the place of the creature which this man was reading was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. You see that in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. That was prophesying that the Messiah was going to be like a lamb. You know, a lamb, it was brought low. To be crucified, he did not, he has this power, he couldn't use it. He said, I have the power to lay down my life, and I have the power to take it again. But that is a lowly position that he was brought down to, so that he fixing to be promoted, to be the God of all the universe. So remember that. So what God is telling us is, I'm just giving you examples of low position. And let me give you a personal example, what we may say, well, I don't know, I'm not humble. People say, well, I don't know what do you mean by I'm not humble. What do you mean by humble? Let me just give you a personal testimony. Now, when I was living, when I was in Nigeria, I, had, I, had, I work in a government place, I have a, an engineer, not so, bachelor's engineer, so I have a house, I have three bedroom house and so on. And then he said, come to this country, and I said, 
gee, they won't let me work. Or I will have passed the, so in the end, I landed in the country looking for a job. So I'm trying to make you to see what God can do for you. And sometimes you may be low, but take it, take it. I remember coming to this country and working as a bus boy. They said, well, you are an engineer there, for three bedroom house, government provided house. I worked as a bus boy, just pushing carts on the restaurant. I said, but well, that's just for a few days. Yeah, it's for a few days. I even delivered pizza. All this, I have not even registered for college. So, well, I was telling them that I was registered for college. That's why they, but they say, why, why, why wouldn't I get a job as an engineer? They won't let me, you need permit to work. But you see, what, I, what I'm trying to point out is that God was in all these things watching for my reaction. Was watching my reaction to those things. And I would say, Lord, help me in this. I was going there to get permit to work. And they were turning me down. But the Lord said, see how low you are. But now I can praise God and say, there, that was then, but he has already exalted me. That I'm now able to even say, Lord, I have a house, I have a family, I even have enough money to be able to buy cash down of houses. I thank God. So that is what it will say. You have to, it may bring you low to see how you respond to this lowly position for a few months, for a few years, and then it's going to exalt you if you have a good attitude. Have a good attitude. Don't forget that because I know some of you are going through a similar situation. Some of you are going through a similar situation. And you may not realize God that is doing this. And if you realize it, hang in there. Amen? Amen? If you realize that it is God, because you have followed the Lord, and you know you have followed Him. You have, because some people may say, gee, you missed it. Why in the world? Some people told me that. Why in the world did you come to this place like that? I, say, I know the Lord told me to come. So that is the same way. You have to know that it's the Lord that tells you. The Lord is having you in His hands, leading you some way. And just keep following Him. Like Abraham. Like Abraham, he just followed. Bible says he did not even know where he was going. God just said, follow me, and he followed. And he got there, things were not that good. He waited so many long, but he said, God has promised, God will fulfill it. So that is why sometimes God may bring you low because he wants to promote you. Amen. But you wait for that promotion. Don't jump out of the ship. Amen? So that is very important for us as believers. Before honor is humility. And before I wrap it up, I'm going to read a vision that somebody said the Lord showed to him that is in line with this humility. I'm just, I just printed an excerpt of this man's vision that dealt with this. This was a vision that many people have seen similar vision. That's why I'm reading it. Similar vision where God was depicting the spiritual warfare we are going through as saints of the Most High God. God will depict it in many ways. It may depict like you climbing a mountain. It may depict like you are in a school passing, doing an exam. But in this story, this one was very, in this particular vision that this pastor, this man saw, not me, he said, uh, Rick Jonah is his name. I'm just taking an extract of some section of the story. He said he, he saw the host of demons, how they were attacking the saints. And the warfare that we saints are going through. And I'm going to read word for word this section of it. He said, I could not make out what I was seeing. He was seeing in this vision, he said, it came to a point, at a particular point, he saw another group, couldn't see them. He said, because he was having a glory like a shield. You know, we have a shield of it. So that shield was shining. 
So that's why I say he couldn't make out what he was saying because the glory being emitted from my armor made it difficult to see into the darkness. So I asked wisdom to give me something to cover my armor with so I could see it. So he said, wisdom gave him a very plain mantle to put on. And he looked and said, what is this? And he said he was a little insulted by the drabness of this mantle that he gave to him. And wisdom told him that that is humility. So you will need, you will not be able to see very well without it. That is in that vision, God was depicting humility with a cloth. He said when he put that work cloth on, it looked like a homeless. I mean, that was how the cloth looks like. This is like an homeless dress. So God said that is humility represented by that cloth. That you won't be able to see well if you don't have that cloth on in that vision. So reluctantly I put it on and immediately I saw many things that I could not see before. So I looked toward the valley and the movement I had seen, to my astonishment, there was an entire division of the enemy that was waiting to ambush anyone who ventures from the mountain. The mountain is like the mountain of God, the mountain of holiness that everybody was climbing. And he said, what army is that? I asked. And how did they escape the battle intact? And wisdom told him that that is pride. That army that you see, that's called pride. Said that, that is the hardest enemy to see after you have been in the glory. That's wisdom telling that. That group is called pride. And that is the hardest enemy to see when you have climbed the mountain to the glory and seen the glory of God. You will not see that enemy. And it's pointing out to him, say, more like depicting these things that we are fighting against. Say, those who refuse to put on this cloak will suffer much at the hands of this most devious enemy. That's what wisdom told him in that vision. So as I looked back at the mountain, I saw many of the glorious warriors crossing the plain to attack the remnants of the enemy's horde. None of them were wearing the cloaks of humility. And they had not seen the enemy that was ready to attack them from their rear. I started to run out to stop them, but wisdom restrained me. See, you cannot stop this. Only the soldiers who wear this cloak will even recognize your authority. So that was the first depiction of the battle we are facing. God showed to him that we are fighting some enemy. And then he saw a group that, these are enemies too. Why are they not even in the battle? He said, that's enemies called pride. They are waiting for those who will come back from the mountain want to attack the enemy, they are our enemy. So now he has not seen how they attack. Now let me go to the next section. So by now, there were thousands of the mighty warriors who had crossed the plain to attack the remnant of the enemy horde. And the enemy was fleeing in all directions, except for the one division called Pride. Completely undetected, it had marched right up to the rear of the advancing warriors and was about to release a hail of arrows. It was then that I noticed the mighty warriors had not armor on their backsides. They were totally exposed and vulnerable to what was about to hit them. Remember, think of the armor of God. What do we say? Shield of faith. Breastplate of righteousness. Is there anything for your back? No. And many people say, well, that means you are not to turn back and run from the enemy. And this is what wisdom is going to tell us. See, wisdom then remarked, you have thought that there was no armor for the backside, which meant that you were vulnerable if you run from the enemy. 
However, you never saw how it made you vulnerable if you advanced in pride. Amen? I read that I, I told my God, when you advance, attack the enemy with pride, God dispatched from your back. And then this enemy attacked from the back. He said, you have nothing covering your back. Only God is covering your back. But God only what? God resisted the proud. So whatever kind of pride, it could be spiritual pride. I am more powerful than that brother. I am holy, holier. God can't just withdraw. It's a spiritual pride. And God is saying, you don't know what, that you are just as vulnerable when you attack the enemy in pride. Amen. He said, I could only nod by my, it was too late to do anything. It was unbearable to wash. But wisdom said that I must. So to my amazement, when the arrows of pride struck me, these warriors, they did not even notice it. Arrows of pride attacking them on the back, they, they did not notice it. However, the enemy kept shooting. The warriors were bleeding and getting weaker fast, but would not acknowledge it. Soon, they were too weak to hold up their shields and swords, and they cast them down, declaring that they did not need, need any more of this. Then they started taking off their armor, saying that it was not even needed anymore. That's how division began to creep in. Then another enemy division descended upon them, called strong division. And they released a hail of arrows that all hit their mark. And then watched as just a few of the demons of delusion led off this once great army of glorious warriors. And they were taken to different prison camps, each named after a different doctrine of demons. So I was astounded as how this great company of the righteous had been so utterly defeated. And they still did not even know what had hit them. And he was saying, how could those who are so strong, who have been all the way to the top of the mountain, who have seen the Lord as they have, be so vulnerable? And the wisdom said, pride is the hardest enemy to see. It always sneaks in behind you. You see, in some ways, those who have been to the greatest heights are in the greatest danger of falling. You must always remember that in this life. You can fall at any time from any level. Take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. So when you think you are the least vulnerable to falling, is in fact when you are the most vulnerable. So most men fall right after a great victory. So how can we avoid this? And wisdom says, stay close to me. Stay close to the Lord. Inquire of the Lord before making any major decisions. And keep that mantle of humility on. Amen. Amen. Keep that mantle of humility on. Praise the Lord. That's where I'm going to wrap it up today. Keep that mantle of humility on. And you can imagine and meditate on what is humility. How does it appear? How should I show humility so that God can promote me? Let's stand up to our feet. Keep that mantle of humility on. Let's stand up to our feet. Say, so you don't know how you can be so vulnerable when you attack the enemy in pride. Humble. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Just pray to the Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We need that humility to go in the rapture. We need that humility to defeat the enemy all the time. 
within that community because the devil fell from heaven in pride. And he's using that tactic against the saints that wanted to rise up to heaven so that God will not be able to accept us. But God saying we need that humility to be accepted to walk with him. Say, I am the high and lofty one that inhabited eternity. But I dwell with those who are lowly and contrite in spirit. So Father, help us so that humility will reign in our life and we please you. And the enemy shall not be able to charge us from the back. We shall not have pride in us. Let your name all longer be praised. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor? Okay, I think we're going to wrap it up now. I don't know whether anybody has any other testimony. Let's just thank the Lord. One thing we didn't do, we didn't shake one another's hand before we and and say and uh, let's do that as we wrap it up before we say the grace. Just shake somebody's hands, praise the Lord. Just shake some, somebody's hands and welcome them and, and, and see how glorious the Lord has been to us today. Amen. Hallelujah.